0: So I think that's one thing that's really important that you just don't have to just suffer that if you're having symptoms, it's a sign that something's out of balance. Your body's just yelling at you saying, hey, pay attention to me. And so you don't just have to put up with it. The other thing is that don't be embarrassed by your body. Your body is wise. It's amazing. If you're having problems like urinary incontinence problems or you're having difficulty with your sex drive and you just you don't have any sex drive or you just you know, you're not able to perform the same way that maybe you did before. Certainly, it's important to talk to your doctor about these things because there are solutions. And if you do talk to your doctor, they do give you that kind of excuse, like mine says, oh, well, that's just normal because you're getting older, or that's just normal because you're a woman, then it might be time to find a new doctor.
1: I'm Ben Grennell, of the early startup team here at Levels. We're building tech that helps people to understand their metabolic health, and this is your front row seat to everything we do. This is a whole new level. Metabolic health can be affected by so many different things not just the lifestyle inputs, it's not just the food that we consume, the exercise we have, the sleep that we undertake. It is driven by so many different factors. A lot of them are different biomarkers. When it comes to things like hormones, hormonal imbalance can have a significant impact on different implications for metabolic health. And so Dr. Lauren Kelly Chu, head of clinical project at Levels, She sat down with Dr. Trevor Cates, who has deep expertise in women's health, skin, and hormones. They discussed a lot of things like hormonal imbalance and some of the implications around it. How does this happen? Well, things like endocrine disrupting chemicals and personal care products. They can cause hormonal imbalance. And there are all these different factors, many of which are environmental, that can contribute to poor metabolic health. Anyways, no need to wait. Here's a conversation with Lauren and Dr. Cates.
2: I'm so excited to have Dr. Trevor Cates with us today. Dr. Cates is a nationally recognized naturopathic doctor and was the first woman licensed as a naturopathic doctor in California. Her focus includes women's health, skin, and hormones. She's the founder of the Spa Doctor Skincare Line and the author of the best selling book, Clean Skin from Within. She has a new book, Natural Beauty Reset, coming out in September. She's also host of the docuseries Hormones, Health, and Harmony, as well as the Woman's Doctor podcast and the PBS show Younger Skin From Within. Dr. Kate's goal is to inspire and empower women to harmonize their hormones and open their eyes to their natural beauty. So excited to jump in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I was thinking as a starting point. I would just love to hear more about how you got interested in hormonal health and what your personal journey has been to to be doing the work that you're doing in such a kind of powerful and impactful way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say that my health journey started out with skin issues and my skin has always sort of been my Achilles heel. And I also realized that my skin was a good barometer of, of everything else going on in my life. And it was, so I had a lot of skin str- struggles as a child, which I got on top of thanks to natural medicine and integrative medicine. But when I was around 20 years old, I went on a birth control pill. And I start after I started taking it, I'm not sure if it was a few days or a week, but I didn't know the correlation at, at first, but I broke out in bumps all over my entire face. And I looked like I had chicken pox and or something just completely covering my face. I went in to see a different doctor because I was traveling than what I had normally seen. And at first, they weren't really sure what was wrong with me. But then, then we started to realize I was it was a reaction to these birth control pills and it was actually acne. And so it was the worst that I've ever experienced before. And so immediately went off birth control pills. That's when I real, started to realize, okay, this is interesting, this connection here. And then again, I, I guess I didn't quite figure it out because when I was 30 years old, I went in to see my gynecologist at the time. And I said, I, you know, I think I'm putting weight on because of the, the hormonal birth control I'm on. And she looked at me and she said, Well, you know, you're 30 now. So that means that you're not going to be able to lose weight like you could when you were in your 20s. So it's okay. You're just getting older. And I thought, No, there's no way. 30 is still young. And so I went off the hormonal birth control. And that's when I really started to make this connection. And I was already a naturopathic doctor at the time, but he started to realize how often hormones play a role in our health. And this is just when we go on hormonal birth control, it's one of the times that we can definitely see a huge change in our health. But hormones are impacting our health on a day-to-day basis throughout our lives. And as women in particular, we have some interesting complexities.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that story. And I think the, the birth control piece really stands out to me because I was put on birth control when I was 19 for the first time. And there wasn't really, really much thought that went into it. I think it was kind of like, well, you can just go on. Um, and, and I, and sadly, I don't think that there has been really that dramatic a change in the conversation around birth control. It's starting to happen. And so thankful to voices like you who are out there kind of bringing these topics into more common conversation and making them something that is not only open, but that is filled with research and and just as much evidence for understanding our bodies from that perspective as there has been from other aspects of health. um, And and, and unfortunately, there hasn't been nearly enough research on women's health in general. Um, But I think that starting to have hormones and things like birth control come into the picture more um, is is so helpful. You've noted that over 80% of women and 35% of men are dealing with hormonal issues, but the vast majority, I think something like 70% don't even know it what are some of the signs that someone is dealing with an imbalance?
0: Yeah, I mean, I really think that pretty much everyone struggles with hormonal issues at some point in their life, especially women. Um, And so, you know, we have to remember that hormones rule our health in so many different ways. And it's not just sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But we have hormones that help us with metabolism, like thyroid hormone. We have hormones that help us with stress, like adrenal hormones, cortisol is an example. We have hormones that help us with sleep, melatonin, for example. And we have hormones that help us with our appetite, leptin and ghrelin. And we have hormones that help us with our blood sugar balance, insulin. And so We can have all kinds of issues related to hormonal imbalances. Some of the ones I most commonly see in women are fatigue, weight gain, period problems and then you know for women going through uh, menopause like hot flashes and night sweats and things like that um, also infertility is another big one and so these are you know some of the common ones I see but really there's so many of our our health issues can go back to core hormones
2: and I wonder my guess is that a lot of people before they take that step to see you that they've been thinking that, being tired is just normal or that everyone feels tired or like you said that, well, they've gotten to a certain age and they've always been told that that means their metabolism slows and everything changes and it's just inevitable that these changes occur. What is sometimes the trigger point that brings someone out of that thinking into saying, actually, I really do think something is going on here that's not normal for my body?
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good point. I mean, I think sometimes when people see other people that are their age or older that are thriving and they would start to think, well, wait a minute, why is that person have so much energy? They're my age or they're older or they're super fit and they're not having any issues. Um, I think oftentimes as women in particular, we talk to each other, we talk to our girlfriends, we talk to our moms or sisters or whatever. And we start to realize, oh, wait, maybe one of my experiences isn't totally not normal, or maybe it's, normal, but maybe it's not optimal, right? So there's, I think a lot of times with conventional medicine, there's a, just as long as you don't have a disease, you're fine. But we don't really want to be just fine. We want to be free of symptoms and we want to be just really embracing life, especially as we get older, you know, in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, I mean, my mom is 82. And she's such, she's such a great role model because she's out riding her horse almost every day, riding through streams and over fences and in her art studio. And I just keep thinking, okay, this is what's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. It's, it's such good inspiration.
2: And I guess i would kind of curious, I would think that being in the field of hormonal health, brings up a lot of questions from people and concerns that they might feel a little bit embarrassed to talk about. You've been seeing patients for over 20 years. Are there common themes in terms of things that new patients confide in you that you might be able to share with the audience just as a way of normalizing these shared experiences?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I often... I'm told, oh, I bet I'm the worst case you've ever heard, or I bet you've never experienced anything quite this bad before or anything. And so, you know, when you talk to your doctor, remember, doctors have heard just about everything, especially if they've been in practice a long time. So don't be afraid to share things with your doctor. But um, yeah, certainly, you know, I think some of the things that we we are sometimes afraid to talk about are thinking oh, well, you know, I shouldn't be a complainer. So that's one of the things as women, you know, we just need to suck it up because it's just period uh, problems, pain, PMS, they're just part of being a woman. So you just need to suck it up. So believe me, that's not the case. There are plenty of people out there, plenty of women that do not have period pain, that do not have PMS, and that you do not have to suffer through these things just because they're common. So I think that's one thing that's really important, that you just don't have to just suffer. That if you're having symptoms, it's a sign that something's out of balance. Your body's just yelling at you saying, hey, pay attention to me. And so you don't just have to put up with it. The other thing is that Don't be embarrassed by your body. Your body is wise. It's amazing. If you're having problems like maybe you're having urinary incontinence problems or you're having difficulty with your sex drive and you just you don't have any sex drive or you just, you know, you're not able to perform the same way that maybe you did before or you have concerns about um, what's going on certainly it's important to talk to your doctor about these things because um, there are solutions. And if if you do talk to your doctor and they do give you that kind of excuse, like mine says, oh, well, that's just normal because you're getting older or that's just normal because you're a woman, then it might be time to find a new doctor. And one thing that I love about the podcast
2: that you host is that you bring on a lot of physicians, um, especially female physicians who do have very, open conversations about many of these topics. Um, I, was, I was listening to one of your recent ones where part of it touched on um, aspects of sex education and women understanding their own anatomy and understanding their own bodies. And as I was listening to it, I realized even having gone through medical school myself and working in healthcare um, for my career, it's still it's still surprising when you hear those conversations and to have people out there having them in a, on a public forum, I think is, is so powerful. Um, So I appreciate that. And I appreciate what you said about not needing to suffer. Um, And, and I think I'd be actually curious your thoughts on this, but I think so often people think that what they've experienced for the majority of their lives is their normal. And they're actually probably shocked when they find out what their new normal is, when some of that suffering is taken away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think. So many women that have come in to see me or uh, that I've interviewed for my um, Hormones, Health and Harmony docuseries or for my podcast that they come out on the other side of that and they they realize, wow, I went through all these years of struggling when I really didn't need to. I wish I had found this out earlier. And a lot of the doctors that I've interviewed have been conventional doctors that are even gynecologists that practice more of a conventional approach and did prescribe a lot of birth control pills for period problems or for perimenopausal symptoms, and not, not really for, for birth control, but for other symptoms, not realizing the harmful effects of that. And then later on, when they had their own health struggles, that's when they started to realize, wait a minute, I don't want this option. I don't want all these side effects. I want to look for other solutions. And realizing that when you look to the underlying cause and you really look to things like nutritional deficiencies, gut microbiome issues inflammation, oxidative damage, blood sugar issues, some of these underlying causes and you address these then you can help you know a person's health in so many ways and it, hormones are a part of that. Skin is a part of that. And skin is another big focus of mine, but you, you know you can help people just feel more vibrant and healthy. And so I you know I do want people listening to realize that if you are struggling that there are answers and don't stop looking, don't settle. It's important. And, you know, these doctors that I've interviewed, if they had given up, they wouldn't be helping as many people as they are now. And so, um, and, you know, so just, just keep looking for solutions and, and watch the series listen to my uh, podcast, because we've got some great, and you, you know, you've got some great guests on as well, knowing that there are functional medicine doctors, naturopathic physicians, and similar doctors that can, can really help with, doing some specialty lab testing, looking at hormonal imbalances and other some of these other root causes that can really help address that underlying cause.
2: Mm -hmm. And speaking of solutions and getting to the the root causes of these things, when people work with you, whether it's through your books or with you in person, um, I know that you work with several kind of key pillars, food, movement, mindset, skincare. Would you mind just walking us through each of those and maybe highlighting Areas where you find it's the hardest for people to change or there's the most resistance or it's it's most difficult and kind of how you navigate that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So with my with my new book, Natural Beauty Reset, I go through these four pillars for each season because I feel like it's so important for us to get back in rhythm. As women, in particular, we we have these rhythms in our body. We have our menstrual cycles. We have our we have daily cycles with our um, with our cortisol. We have uh, sleep cycles, circadian rhythm, all of these things. And we also have seasons. And a lot of times, we get out of sync with that. So resetting that with um, each season is a great opportunity for that. And doing those with food, movement, mindset, and skincare, as you mentioned is a great way to do that because our needs change. And so with with food, I think a lot of times we get stuck in a rut of eating the same thing over and over again. And for some people, they're unhealthy choices. Maybe it's a lot of processed food, maybe it's fast food, maybe it's sodas, whatever. Or, you know, for some people, it's they're eating superfoods every day, but they're eating the same foods and they're missing out on an opportunity to mix it up. Because when we eat foods in season, we have a chance to get more nu- nutrient dense foods. They're also more flavorful and they also can help support our gut health even more. So when we get, um, when we eat a variety of produce, it can help the gut microbiome diversity, the, the biodiversity of our gut. And so that can help with our hormones, our skin, our, our gut health, our brain health, so many different things. So that is a really important one when it comes to, to food. And then with um, movement and mindset, those are also important because so many, so much, so many of us are stressed. We're all really stressed. <laughs> and stress is the normal response. So our bodies are adaptive and quite capable of dealing with stress. But the problem is we have to give ourselves a break. We can't just keep stressing ourselves out because then that the, the hormones and the glands that we have that help us and the neurochemistry that help us with with responding to stress, it just doesn't work as well if we just burn ourselves out. So doing things to think about you know, how can you move your body and how can you incorporate mindset practices that really help with managing your stress, making sure that you get a good night's sleep, and also realizing that there are different times, different seasons when you might sleep better or you might not sleep as well, or that you might be more uh, sensitive to stress. Like in the winter months, our uh, cortisol levels tend to be higher and our feel-good neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine tend to be on the lower side. So we could do things to kind of get ourselves going and to, to shift out of those um, those patterns. And then with skincare, we also go through changes. And part of it has to do with the sun and you know we're outside in this in the summer, outside in the sun more, and that might cause some damage. And so we we need to make sure that we're protecting our skin first of all, and then reversing any oxidative damage that may be happening in our skin. And then also there might be times when our skin tends to be more dry. We might need more hydration with some really nice plant based oils in our skincare. Or we also might be um needing some exfoliation, those sorts of things. So there our needs really change with the seasons. But when we when we get back in track and when we give our body the right foundation, it can really align. and, our bodies are so incredibly wise and I think we often forget that. I think we we think that we have to tell our bodies what to do. We have to, you know, put, take medications to kind of suppress symptoms and ignore things, but really when we're given the right environment, the right tools, our bodies it's amazing how they can heal.
2: I completely agree. And if someone is struggling with hormonal issues and they want to start to make a change, of the pillars you mentioned, is this something where it really is best to do kind of make progress on all of those pillars at the same time? Or is it possible to get progress out of just saying like, okay, I can't, I can't do all of this right now, but I'm just going to change my food or I'm just going to change my mindset. What is the impact of doing it kind of on a sequential basis like that rather than everything all at once?
0: Well, of course, it's better than not doing anything at all to do it, to do it, to make some sort of movement in the right direction is good. I do think that ideally you want to be able to do at least a little bit with each and it doesn't have to be time consuming. So, you know, for example, the next time you go to the grocery store or shop online for, for groceries, try and just pick a couple of foods, a, a couple of different types of produce that maybe you've never tried before that are in season. And just add those maybe to a smoothie or in a salad or saute them somehow. Just try something new. Um, and then just getting out and going for a walk. That's an easy way to move and uh, or walk to your car, park far away. And so you have to walk a little bit further and, and then take some time to take three deep cleansing breaths and then use a natural skincare cleanser and those are just simple things that you could do that actually can make a big difference and when it, you know when it comes to skincare i think one of the biggest things with that is that we often are exposed to a group of chemicals known as endocrine disrupting chemicals in our personal care products. And these endocrine disrupting chemicals or hormone disrupting chemicals have been associated with a lot of different health issues from infertility, thyroid disease, even obesity, uh, breast cancer, all, all kinds of different hormonal issues. And so it's really important for us to reduce our total exposure to these chemicals. So for example, choosing things that are scented with organic essential oils instead of synthetic fragrance or that are fragrance-free or choosing a mineral sunscreen that's based with a zinc oxide uh, or mineral sunscreen ingredients instead of like a chemical sunscreen with oxybenzone. Some of these things are, they're, they're pretty simple and also, there are easy ways to do, if you want to, to do DIY skincare. That's one of the things that I love including in my books. I did that, included those recipes in my first book, Clean Skin From Within. And then I have even more recipes and Natural Beauty Reset to help people with a DIY skincare. Then, of course, the foods that we eat are also going to impact our skin too. So I also had to include recipes for food as well. I'm going to have to try some of the DIY. Um-
2: the DIY skincare because i i started using ewg.org the environmental working group a database years ago and um, for our audience who's not familiar with that database they have a they actually have several databases but their their oldest one i believe is the cosmetics database where you can really look up many of the products that are out there and it'll tell you a breakdown of the ingredients and um I can't speak to how exactly how credible that is but I know that it's a resource that that many people use. And what I learned from that is that simple is really likely to be better. Where if you know exactly what's going in it, you're you're much more likely to, to come up with something that um that is cleaner. And yet the vast majority of products have so much in them. Even even for me, sometimes I just get exhausted trying to figure out um, what's what. I'm curious, do you have shortcuts other than kind of the DIY stuff? Do you have shortcuts for using clean products but not
0: going so crazy on it that it's paralyzing? Yeah. and and i do i do appreciate you and mentioned ewg.org their skin deep database and they have products that they are verified that are verified mm-hmm. uh, my skincare line the spot doctor skincare line are verified by ewG so I do know that they have a very rigorous um uh you know criteria that you have to meet and they have to submit things for the to prove that your products truly are free and clean of of um all the toxic ingredients Um, I think that, you know, using resources like that can be really helpful. I I have a list of ingredients to avoid in both of my books. So I think just even if you start with a handful of ingredients or even just the two that I mentioned and start with that, but you know, I think it's interesting so often if we get ready to put something in our mouth we might hesitate and say like is this going to be good for me but yet when we put stuff on our skin we don't have the same level of of criteria. So Maybe just start with that. Say, like, okay, would I put this in my mouth, mouth? Probably not. Okay, then maybe I should turn it over and look at what the ingredients are that are in it. I mean, you can't put things like honey and um oats and yogurt and things like that on your face. <laughs> you would and DIY skincare and you would put those in your mouth as well. I mean, and I'm I'm not saying that all I mean, certainly skincare products are not made to be consumed. Even my own skincare products are not made um to be consumed but if you um if you can't put something in your mouth you might want to think why is that and start to learn a little bit yeah and don't get overwhelmed by it but there are also some simple things to to think about and it's like you know when you talk about when we talk about seasons and things like to to do change of seasons can be a good time to kind of evaluate what are you what's in your um bathroom or what's in your makeup drawer what's in your purse and how long have you had these products because they do have an expiration date I think a lot of women we we buy stuff and they get pushed in the shelves and then we'll pull things out and we'll keep using them for years and years and years so it might be time to just do a, a you know an overhaul of just clean them out get a bring a garbage bag in and and start cleaning some of these out also cleaning out your like your your makeup brushes and things like that. We want to do that on a regular basis to to make sure that we're we're taking good care of our skin. It's such great
2: guidance and I really appreciate your your sharing about the EWG because I have used that as as really my primary reference for these things for for all these years and so it's good to know that someone who's been behind the scenes on how the verification process works um that it that it's really a, a rigorous process. That's that's really good to know and and for those in the audience who haven't checked it out, it's worth checking out even if you don't use cosmetics. They have a a sunscreen database, they have all kinds of different databases um, that can help you understand pesticides on your food and and just really everything, it's it's such a, a great resource. If someone is at the beginning of their journey with hormonal issues and they're starting to make these changes, how long does it typically take to start seeing results?
0: Well, it really depends on what their issues are and how long they've been having them. If someone's been having them for a really long time, and uh, they've been struggling with them, they've tried a lot of different things already. It, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit of a longer journey. But the earlier you pay, you know, you start to notice the symptoms, and you go in and you start to get help, the easier it often can be. And then it also depends on how dedicated you are to making changes, because if you're you know you're going to see your doctor and they say oh you know your thyroid is is it's not low yet but it's on its way to being low that's when it's a good time to to start being proactive and then if you do have some of the sy- signs and symptoms for example of low thyroid of fatigue and constipation weight gain hair loss these are really can be really debilitating symptoms for women. And so getting on top of that right away, getting tested, finding out what your you know where your levels are, and getting treatment. and that can be a combination of what you're eating and supplements and maybe um, medication as well. but but making sure that you're you know, you're taking these things that if you do, what I like to see with my patients, I like to see them back in three weeks. And if in three weeks, we haven't at least seen some kind of progress, then we are we need to reevaluate. We need to look what else might be going on. Maybe we're going after the wrong uh, root cause that we need to go after something else first. So I might order more testing. Maybe I'll look at gut microbiome testing or something like that to see what's going on, nutritional deficiencies, those sorts of things. And then, um, or, you know, certainly if someone's getting worse, then, you know, we really need to to do things more. But um, to really get a full recovery, it, it just depends on the severity of it. I've seen people get, women get better within a few weeks. Um, I've seen people fully recover in a few months, six months, but some people it takes over a year to really get things back on track.
2: And I would think that because hormonal issues are so often linked to things that are very visible on the outside or that are very kind of impactful on the way that you feel about yourself—not um, that they should be necessarily—but I think they often are. For example, if you're having a lot of acne, for a lot of people, I think that creates stress. Um, and and I've I've had friends um, who you know have said that they don't really even want to go into social settings because having that acne really has gotten to their sense of how they want to present themselves to the world. Um, as you're guiding people through this journey of coming to hormonal health, how do you how do you approach the psychology of it or the this kind of other side that I think so often is missed in conventional medicine?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I knew one of the reasons why I I call my second book Natural Beauty Reset is that we We are all already beautiful. we're We're beautiful, but sometimes when we get things like acne, we we see ourselves through a different lens. And we look in the mirror, we don't see our true beauty. So it's really helping people get back to their natural beauty or, or recognizing you know their true beauty. And so there you know, things like acne can, can show up, but there do you have, we have to remember those are signs that something's out of balance and we just need to address those root causes and you'll get back to seeing your skin the way it used to be. And so you might just be in this sort of transition period, but um, to realize that your, your natural beauty really comes from within. So that's still there. And I, I've said so many patients that with skin in particular, that they were so embarrassed by, it. and I, you know, this is where I started as a kid. I had hives and rashes and eczema and things that would show up. And I was so embarrassed by my skin. And, you know, I think when you're in it, it's hard to ever imagine that you'll be out of it. But to know that that there is a, there, you know, there is a way to come out on the other side of it. And that conventional medicines can sometimes help suppress symptoms for a period of time, but they're not necessarily going to help really get your health back to where you want, especially with something like acne. Just going on birth control pills is probably not going to be your best option. There are other things to look to to help address the root causes. And of course, birth control pills are, you know, they're meant for birth control. (laughs) They weren't really designed for acne. They're just now being used for it. And there are so many other things that we could do to get our health back on track. So there, 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 are, there are ways to, to get through and you can make it through. And I know acne is one of, it's the most common skin issue in the United States. And, and it is it, you know, the thing is, is that we have to remember is that acne actually doesn't exist in certain parts of the world. And if you go, if you've traveled internationally, you'll notice that in some parts of the world, it's very rarely that you will see people with acne. So that does make us think that a lot of this has to go do with our lifestyle. So if we can change our lifestyle, we can oftentimes reverse acne. For people who are, let's say, listening to this or have read your books or listened
2: to your podcast or any of these these other pathways into kind of having this broader view of health, but then they go to their typical primary care physician or their gynecologist, and they're, they're essentially trying to share with their provider that they think there's something going on. And the provider is either saying that that's not correct or kind of ignoring it or is saying, well, that may be, and the fix is this medicine, let's say. What is your, I guess, guidance for people in that situation Of course, ideally, everyone would have access to working with you. Um, But practically speaking, what is the next step for someone who's just hit that wall with the conventional system?
0: Yeah, I think... You know, I think that gone are the days where we look to our doctor for everything. I mean, I think that our doctors provide a lot of information, but we need to take control of our own health. Realize that you are the CEO of your own health. And that's, why I think it's one of the things that I want to do is help educate consumers to be, especially women, to be the best ceo of their own health and oftentimes for their own for their families so women are typically the decision makers when it comes to healthcare care and health consumer products and all of those sorts of things so my goal is to really help women be the best um, educated and informed decision makers so that they can make these decisions and they can also know what to talk to their about doctor about and you know if their doctor says well you know, with with, um, with thyroid panels, I, I really only run TSH. And but if you, you know, if this person is educated and they think they might have thyroid problem and say, but can you also add free T3, free T4 and, and thyroid antibodies? Because I've heard that that's really important. It can can give additional information. And, you know, a good doctor is going to say, oh, sure, you know, if, you, if you're okay, you might have to pay out of pocket for those your insurance might not cover it. But sure, let's add that and see what comes up. And then, you know, ask your doctor, hey, can I get a copy of my labs? And they'll probably tell you, oh, yeah, you have access and your portal and online and tell you where to go to get that. And so, if people just understand a little bit, they can actually work with their doctor. And problem with conventional doctors is they these days that they take insurance, they probably don't have a lot of time to spend with you. So, if you come in ready and prepared for your appointment, it's going to make it easier for your doctor, too. That makes a lot of sense.
2: I want to loop back to how we started this conversation just briefly because I think it's so interesting. And that's the topic of birth control. You know, given your clinical focus on hormone imbalance, and you've mentioned some contexts within which birth control really isn't the best solution. I guess, what are the the trade-offs in your mind, knowing that it is still very commonly prescribed and often to very young women, um, and then they're on it for years and years? Is it possible to achieve hormonal health while you're on the pill? Or in your mind, is that not really? A pathway towards hormonal health?
0: Well, I would say first of all, why why would someone be on the birth control pill? If you're using birth control pills for birth control, then yes, and that's a, you you and your doctor determined that this is the best form of birth control for you. Then yeah, you can sort out ways to to um, address some of the issues that might come up. So some of the issues that might come up, taking birth control pills, are certain nutrient deficiencies like B12 deficiency, for example. It also can, so just, you know, taking some supplements to help support your, um, your nutrient levels. And then also it can create gut microbiome imbalances. So making sure that you're taking probiotics and you're getting plenty of fiber in your diet. Um, and then, um, you know, also it could suppress testosterone levels and create imbalances and other hormones so just being aware of your body and if you're not having symptoms and you're on birth control pills for birth control you're probably going to be okay if you just add some additional support now it's not my favorite form of birth control I, you know i think that hormone free versions that are more um like you know, IUDs or barrier methods or things like that. I that's you know my preferred birth control for for most women, um, but I realize that there's a certain level of convenience and some people those other methods don't work. Now, if you're given birth control pills to manage symptoms or to um, quote balance your hormones, that's really not going to be, from my my perspective, the best way to address things that a lot of women are put on birth control pills for like acne or irregular periods, PCOS or perimenopausal symptoms. And, you know, I think that there are other things that you can do so that you don't have to worry about those side effects, but you can instead look at, you know, what are, what's going on behind it? Because here's the thing is that the women that I see in my practice, they're the one, women that have been on birth control pills or are now wanting to come off. And now they, you know, they, they were put on for acne, they were put on for these other things, and now they wanna go off and all their symptoms come back. And then they have to deal with all of the adverse reactions or the problems that have come up from taking the birth control pill. So it doesn't address the underlying problem. So I'm trying to tell you this for people that are, you know, maybe they could, you know, find a better alternative. The sooner you do this and find the root cause, the better. Because if you go off and you're trying to get pregnant, it might be harder. Um, or, you know, you might, uh, you know, whatever your symptoms whether you're trying to address, they might just come right back when you're ready to go off them. So, you know, I think it just, you know, a lot of it depends on the person's scenario. That makes sense and, and definitely um,
2: resonates with me because I, I was on birth control for years. And when I came off, it was really, really challenging. I mean, it almost felt like my entire body was changing and I was almost becoming a, a different woman that I hadn't gotten to know yet because of all those years of birth control. Um, and And I think that experience has been mirrored in many of my friends. And it's actually so well known how difficult it can be to come off of it that I have many friends who are basically like, I like the idea of coming off of it. That's important to me in theory, but I just can't imagine going through this phase in my life where everything feels out of whack. As you're as you're coaching women who are kind of on the fence about coming off birth control or not, I guess, what is your perspective on, on how to think about that transition? And even if the motivation is there, but then there's also that fear of what's to come, how do you help women navigate that?
0: Yeah, of course. So first of all, it depends on what their symptoms are. I mentioned some of the things like acne or PCOS or uh period pain, uh, you know, heavy periods, period problems really. It really depends on what, you know, what you were put on it for. Because what you want to look at is what are some of the hormonal imbalances that you could address naturally, and so what you can do is you can start addressing those even before you go off the birth control pill. So, for example, if you tended towards an androgen excess where you had, um, you know, like from acne, for example, or PCOS, and you've got problems with that, you might start looking at what can you start doing before you even go off birth control pills are there things like you know making sure that your fiber intake is adequate that your blood sugar balance is where it should be there are herbs like saw palmetto or you know things like that that might be helpful and then also if your estrogen levels are if you tend to be more estrogen dominant that is something that you might want to consider I have a hormone quiz that people might be interested in, and because people are like, "Well, how do I know if I have low estrogen or low, low, you know, thyroid or low progesterone or high progesterone, whatever it is?" Um, people can go to hormoneseries.com/quiz. So, hormoneseries.com is the link to my hormones, health, and harmony docu series. It's a nine-part documentary series where um, that that we, we um, show online, that we air online. And then when you do forward slash quiz, that'll just take you to the quiz. And it's just you just answer a series of questions and it basically is showing you the symptoms. And then when you take it, it shows that you might possibly have like a high or low level of various hormones. And so of course it's important to do to go and talk to your healthcare provider, get some testing to see if you, know, you do the quiz and it says you may have low thyroid, still go and see your doctor and see, you can get some testing to to look for that. But um, that is something that when when women are trying to figure out what is going on, why did I have to go on birth control pills in the first place? And what's going to happen when I go off them? Understanding kind of where you are in that and start addressing those. But really, until you go off the birth control pill, it's is you're not going to fully be able to address it because those, that's just sort of suppressing. So it's just suppressing your testosterone. But as soon as you go off of it, it's just, you know, whatever issues are there are going to come right back because it's not addressing it. That completely makes
2: sense. Shifting gears a little bit from this conversation around birth control, which is very much about hormonal balance from the inside out. I also know that you're the creator of a skincare line and would love to to... Here, what inspired you to do that? And also how you think about products, specifically skincare products meant to work, I assume from the outside in, and kind of what role those play when you're also working from the inside out. And then I guess where I'm going with this is also curious. I think some people view skincare products as kind of icing on the cake, but they're not really that impactful, whereas other people really think that a good skincare product can make all the difference in the world when it comes to your skin health. So curious to hear the origin story of your of your line and also just what your approach is to products.
0: When I turned 40, I'm 49 now. When I turned 40, I remember starting to think, I wonder if I should start using more skincare products because I was really more focused on the inside out approach. Just that, oh, healthy skin only comes from within. So, so I started to look at it for myself. And then at the same time, some of my patients were saying, Dr. Case, I know you told me not to have these endocrine disrupting chemicals in my skincare products, but I can't find one that actually works. I can't find one that I, I like the results from, uh, from using. And so I started to look at some of the research and sort of learn more about the skin microbiome. And there's more and more research over the last decade that's come out about the skin microbiome and these microorganisms that live on our skin and actually protect our skin. And what a part of what causes us to break out in acne or other skin issues like eczema or even premature aging. So when our skin is in this really nice balanced place, then it can help but prevent breakouts, blemishes and premature aging. And one of the things that really helps with that is the pH of products. So our skin is naturally mildly acidic but a lot of the skincare products out there have a high pH especially cleansers and lotions they tend to have a high pH which disrupts our natural pH and so when I was looking for skincare products to recommend to my patients I was looking for truly clean and natural rather than just the marketing claim because the word natural unfortunately doesn't have any doesn't need to have any backing there's no FDA regulations around it The word hypoallergenic does actually means nothing really except for marketing. And so I wanted to really create something that was truly clean and natural. And that also had that mild acidity that the research was showing was important for the skin microbiome. And then also all of these active ingredients and natural skincare products that I was finding research on I wanted to make sure they had the right amounts because instead of just having a teeny little amount with a bunch of other toxic ingredients, I wanted to make sure that it was all full of, packed full of natural actives. So that's what led me to create this product or skincare line. And, And I truly, like I thought it would be great, but I truly didn't realize how much it was gonna change my patients, my customers' lives. And the results that people see on their skin is really, truly beautiful because one of the biggest things that we hear from people using the products is, is, uh, women say that they don't have to wear, feel like they have to wear makeup anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you choose to wear makeup and of course it's, you know, up to you, but, but a lot of women will say, I just feel like I don't have to, I don't have anything to hide anymore. I don't have to cover blemishes or uneven skin tone. And so that's a really great thing to hear. And, uh, you know, I think that oftentimes, um, we either think that we, we, you know, we don't have to worry about our skincare products because we're taking care of it all from the inside out. Or like you said, all you have to do is use skincare products and you expect a miracle like that. But really it's a combination is what I find is that most of the health of our skin, I really believe comes from the inside out and our kind of our, our food habits and and our exposure to toxins and how we're really treating our bodies, but also what we put on our skin is really important. And that's what I learned at 40 when I was doing this research and over the last nine years of, of of creating the products and then the results, getting here feedback from our customers and that you really can get results. And when you do the two together, that's really when you get the magical combination.
2: Definitely. I'm, I'm going to have to try your skincare line because it really, I, the philosophy that you're describing makes so much sense to me. And I think especially your call out of the fact that oftentimes products will advertise great ingredients and it's a minuscule amount. I mean, it's, it's like barely even there. And even if it is there, maybe depending on what the kind of stability of that compound is, sometimes they're, ex- they're, they're not even active anymore. Like they've, they've moved past the time when they're even bioactive. And so you're you're paying a lot for brand essentially, um, or you think you're putting something on your face, and unless you can see actual results, it's kind of just on the good faith of the marketing promises. And um, this is why I think I think databases like EWG are really helpful, so that at least you know you're not harming yourself by what you're doing. And as to whether or not that product is actually effective, I think that's much harder to to find. So I really I appreciate that you have such an eye towards all of these things together and are and are doing it in such a kind of um, in a way that builds credibility and trust with patients that you actually see in a a longitudinal sense, right? Like you can't give them something that isn't going to actually help because you have a, you have a shared responsibility to each other and it's an ongoing relationship. So um, I, I really appreciate that. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we touch on?
0: Well, I, you know, I think that we've covered a lot today and there's, there's so much, I think it can be sometimes overwhelming, but just remember that whatever steps you can make, you're moving, you'll move in the right direction. You start cleaning up your skincare products, start asking questions of manufacturers, um, Talk to your doctor about getting some testing for your hormones if you think you might have some of these imbalances. And, um, you know, start looking at resources that are reliable. Stop just searching something on Google. <laughs> you actually want to go to reputable, reliable sources that, that help you understand your health condition or whatever is going on with your health that, you know, that's why I put together the Hormones Health and Harmony docu-series with interviewing over 50 experts for that to really help provide solutions. So it's not just me that's telling you this, but, you know, a bunch of different people and also the Women's Doctor podcast and things like that, that, you know, going to places where you can get information and resources to help you on your journey. Absolutely.
2: And, and I really, I just, I want to reiterate what you said at the beginning, which is that people don't have to suffer and um, that you don't need to feel like you can't speak up or that you can't advocate for yourself, even if the changes that you make are small to start with. So I so appreciate your work in this area and all the advocacy that you do for women and men, um, but especially women on topics that I think really haven't gotten nearly the amount of attention um, that they deserve. And, and I just, I so appreciate your, your working to make an impact there. Where can listeners find you, access all the resources that you've described? What's the best way to get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. uh, People can go to thespadr.com. So it's T-H-E-S-P-A-D-R.com. And you can check out the Hormones Health and Harmony docuseries at hormoneseries.com. And we're also, The Spa Doctor is also on social media. So, and the Woman's Doctor podcast is on all the podcast locations.